evidence that you're not smart enough? Where is the evidence that you're not good enough? Where is the evidence that you're not lovable? You know, where is the hard evidence? It's not there. But so many people try to change the outer world or try and get people to change around them. Whereas the real work begins, you know, in here. Welcome to the Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs, while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit OutsourcingAngel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Pedetti. Hello, kind listeners. I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Today, we'll be speaking to a kind boss, May O, consultant, leadership, and executive coach, facilitator, and speaker. May is adept at neuro-linguistic programming and helps executives transform into inspirational leaders. She has delivered more than 6,000 hours of individual and group coaching and is accredited in human synergistics, LSI, DISC, MISKIT, and the Leadership Circle. Listen on as she shares how she helps leaders to improve their EQ and build great company culture. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss Podcast. And here I have May O. How are you? Welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Lynn. I'm really good. Thank you very much for having me. Great, great. So I'm privileged to have you as our client at Outsourcing Angel, but I'm also just so intrigued with your knowledge and experience around leadership and the content that you put out on LinkedIn. I I love it. I I relate to it. And I just feel like a lot of people in the corporate world or leaders, you know, are lacking that. The first thing I would call is like the emotional EQ. How did you get into this field? You know, like what made you so interested in kind of the emotional side of, of human nature? Yeah, so thank you. So I guess for me, I've always been fascinated by human behaviour, right? So, you know, I studied psychology in university and I was always one of those people that when you're sitting in a coffee shop, you're watching people going by and trying to understand how they're going to react, how are their personalities made up from, like what is it that makes this person tick? And I think I've just been really lucky that along the way, because I've been quite purpose-driven, I've been able to kind of navigate and fall into different roles that have allowed me to kind of delve into, facilitate and develop programs that have a really big emphasis on emotional intelligence. Mm. So what kind of clients do you normally work with? Yeah, so it's a whole range. So, you know, with the public programs that I run, which is seven-day transformational program, um, a lot of them are senior leaders that come along. So it might be general manager, director level. If I'm doing executive coaching, people who are on the exec team, you know, COO level, CEO, new general managers or executives. Um, And then just kind of randomly... People who are maybe songwriters or voice coaches. I spoke to a voice coach this morning. So people who are kind of just really wanting to explore leveling up and discovering more of their purpose and potential. Okay. So yeah, I mean, most people don't wake up and go, oh, I'm missing EQ or I'm low in EQ. What is the kind of problem that they kind of realize that they have and then they come to you for? So that's a really good question because I think, you know, you've started out the conversation around this 
measure around EQ, right? So the difference between EQ and IQ. I have a lot of people who come to me in first instance who are high in IQ, but they're not getting cut through. Because at the end of the day, you could be the smartest person in the room, Lynn, like literally the smartest person in the room. But if you can't get people to take action or follow your lead, then really what's the point? What is the point of being the smartest person in the room? Mm. So they come to me and go, okay, I've got all these great ideas. I've been given all of these initiatives, but people just won't go on the journey with me. What am I doing wrong? And what it generally boils down to is their way of being in the world is, I guess, a set of styles and patterns that don't necessarily connect with people, motivate people with their values, communicate in the way and the style that people respond to. So all of those kind of elements around EQ and, and I guess, good leadership. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know too much about EQ. I know the term, but like, is it, is it some sort of assessment that you can actually score yourself to a number? Like I know, you know, Albert Einstein has a high IQ of whatever that number is, but is EQ the same where you can measure a number? Yeah, absolutely. So there are quite a range of different EQ tests out there. The one that I'm accredited and and trained with is called the Mesquite model, which is an abilities tested EQ test, right? So what I mean by that is that you can't kind of fudge the results, right? Because if you were given an EQ test that said, how emotionally intelligent are you? Not many human beings are going to say to them, you know, say, oh, I'm not great with emotional intelligence. Generally, you'd score yourself higher, right? Yeah. Uh, But this one, you cannot fudge. It's an abilities tested one. It's like doing an IQ test for EQ. And the brilliance about it is it gives you a baseline score and then a range of, you know, working with a coach or doing a development program helps you kind of develop skills to increase that. Okay. So is it like, how long is a test? Is it like a one hour thing? Is it like a five? Oh, what is it? You know, probably about a 30 minute test, I would say. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But the but way the goal. Yep. Yeah. Go there on. you go. Then I go on. <laughs> I was going to say is the goal is that it's really just providing you a baseline of where you're at and where your blind spots might be. And so that's why when you're working with someone around developing some flexibility in your skill set. So, for example, you know, a lot of people with high IQ are very task orientated. And sometimes what they might forget is to move and develop some flexibility around the empathy scale or understanding what other people need to motivate and drive them, right? So once they understand where they might be on that task people scale, then they can start to flex and move over to another orientation and develop some kind of skills and capabilities, beliefs and values around there as well. Mm, Yeah. In your experience, do you feel like, people who are more introverted have more challenge with EQ than it is with extroverted or how do you feel about that or it doesn't make sense? So really great question. So I think what's really important is what is introvert, extrovert in terms of that continuum and really it's about how do you recharge? Like when you're really exhausted, how do you recharge your battery? So I'm actually an introvert, right? Mm. And so when I've been facilitating a couple of days on end, I need two full days of quiet time to recharge. Mm. Whereas an extrovert, 
will actually want to recharge by being around people, having a party, going out and socialising. So an introvert and extrovert is not a good indicator of EQ because really it's about how you recharge your batteries as opposed to how well you're able to recognise, use, understand and manage emotions. So the four kind of facets of EQ in the, I guess, emotional intelligence way of thinking that I use is, first of all, it's about being able to recognise your emotions and that of the other person, being able to use emotions. So this one's really critical, Lynn. So, you know, one of my leaders said, oh, my God, May, you know, during COVID, we're so exhausted. I'm homeschooling children. My husband needs me and I'm trying to work at the same time. I just feel like I've got no bandwidth left, right? And her managing director's like, okay, we all need to get together. We've got to brainstorm our way out of this crisis. So this is an example of that particular managing director not really understanding the kind of mood or emotions he needs his people to be in in order to brainstorm creative ideas, right? Because in order to get lots of ideas going, you need to be in a like a blue sky, happy, relaxed, excited mood. Like, you know what it's like, right? When you're really excited about something, you get ideas left and right and Richard's probably trying to, you know, keep (laughs) track of them all and it's exciting. When you're absolutely exhausted, stressed out to the max, having someone ask you to brainstorm and be creative is the last thing that you're able to do. Mm. So even leaders understanding where are my people right at right now? What emotions are they? And are they in the right emotional state for this task that I want them to perform? Mm. But of course, and then there's understanding and managing emotions as well. Okay. So that's a really great example. So what would you do in that position? Like, do you then give them a break? What would kind of the, some of the solution you would do instead of trying to get them to fix the problem or solve the problem? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, during this time of kind of COVID is when you're understanding where people are at and how much bandwidth they've got left, right? Because if you think about your stress response, if your kind of your stress response is over inflated or you've got huge amounts of cortisol running through your body, it's really hard for you to engage, you know, that executive frontal lobe creative thinking part of our brain. Mm. So I think in those cases, you know, one is giving people some time to get ready for that brainstorming session. So Mm. announcing that this session is going to run tomorrow and you're expected to do a presentation It's probably not the best thing when your staff have been up till midnight putting out communications about, you know, what the latest restrictions mean. So giving people time, taking the time to understand where your people are at and even just spending some time to help listen to where they're at right now without trying to solve their problems, like just literally being present. Mm. Yeah. And maybe instead of brainstorming straight away is having a session around hearing people out, letting people feel reconnected with each other, maybe sharing some stories of hope or kindness that they've seen or inspiration, 
something that's going to help them to fill up their cup. And once you're starting to kind of get that filling up the cup feeling, then the jump from that emotion to creativity and brainstorming, it's not as far as being absolutely like wiped out and exhausted. Yeah, I love that the way you've explained it because sometimes we want the fast result, but just by doing it so fast, you don't even get the outcome you want. So there's no point. And if anything, it could really sabotage the whole team. And once the culture's bad, it's almost quite hard to fix, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the last thing I guess we want during this time is to overwhelm our people even more when they're already running on empty. Mm-mm, love that. So let's just assume one of the leader is, I'm not a people kind of person and don't have the patience. Would you say to work for them to work on themselves or would that being go, that's just not my strength. I need to hire someone else that has more of an EQ or potentially better than me. Yeah, that's such a good question because, you know, with leaders, you often get responses like, but that's just me. I'm just not a people person. Right. And I guess the way that I look at transformation is I don't believe that there are people who are not people person per se. Right. So let's say you've got this continuum and here you've got task and here you've got people and then you've got everyone in and then you've got all the bits in between. Now, let's say that you, Lynn, are at times really task orientated because you want to launch a new product or a new website. So you might travel and be more part in here, right? But to say that you're not a people person wouldn't be true because you have children, right? Yeah. So you cannot bring up children in task mode 100% of the time. So the leaders who say, I'm not a people person, if they're married, if they're part of a family unit, in that context, there are times where they're more over here. So can they recognise that they do have those skills and capabilities and kind of drag and drop that into the work context? So that's, I think that's part of it. So I have a belief that everyone can flex, mm-hmm. right? But it's not like it's easy like a switch. Like sometimes it takes a huge amount of effort. And also I think it depends on the context that you're in as well, right? So I don't believe that people kind of act in isolation. They're acting in roles depending on what else is happening in the system, right? So let's say you're really lucky because you've got someone like Richard who can implement and manage the team. Mm. So you get to, I'm just making this up, yeah, like yeah. this might not be true, but you, maybe part of your sweet spot is coming up with the ideas, Right. And then having, um, you know, trusted advisors to be able to implement those ideas. That doesn't necessarily mean that if Richard was off on leave, that you couldn't then shift style based on what the team needs. I know you can, right? Yeah. So, but it's learned. It might be over the years I've learned that times it's big picture thinking and other times I need to shift to implementation in detail. There are times when it's about getting the task done because we're working to a deadline, but then there's times to celebrate and give back and do our amazing causes that we're doing in the Philippines to help people. So it's that flex. Yeah, you've, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've really yeah. nailed it. And I, I really do believe what you're saying because back in the times I really thought I was more of the project manager. I love that. 
and, and, you know, I do that well. And then now that I have more time to do, you know, front end videos, I love that. And I kind of feel like someone else does a better job than me at that part. So sometimes we block, we put ourselves in a box and think that we're only this or only that, but it's not really true. We have been able to adapt. So that's, that's just amazing. And what I love about that analogy, right? So let's say there's a box and we only think that we're a particular way, right? So back then you thought you were really good at project management, but now you've started exploring what it's like to make these videos and be more creative, you know, write posts, eBooks and things like that. So as you develop more flexibility within yourself, your sense or your box about what's possible for Lynn expands. And every time we grow into a new capability or take on a new belief or a new value, this box grows and actually we're able to shine more as we realise how boundless we are. So I love the, the term about, you know, actually we're limitless. The more we can flex into all these different ways of being, the more we're actually giving ourselves and others permission to shine and bring our gifts to the world. Like imagine if you weren't doing these podcasts with all of your amazing energy, that is a gift we wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the word limitless and it doesn't mean that you're quite a spiritual person. Yeah. So (laughs) sorry, as you said that I felt quite emotional because, you know, I've been talking about emotional intelligence, right? And so yesterday I recognised I had some emotions come up for myself. Mm. And I recognised that one of the things I needed to do yesterday was to fill my own cup Mm. and recognise, you know, that I was having some emotions, that I was feeling a little bit empty and what did I need to do to fill my cup? Um, So for me, you know, something I've rediscovered and I was talking to Patrick about this, who's my amazing EA, right? just setting that intention to be filled with grace right to be filled with with god's grace is something that can shift you know your emotions immediately and you know i'm not saying everyone has to believe in god or anything like that but even walking and holding your face out into the sun or connecting you know heart to heart with someone important to you. You know, these things are important to fill up our our own cup. So thank thank you for answering it in the most authentic and genuine way. You just kind of, you know, showed us how you're really feeling. Want to make a difference in others' lives? Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA Love Projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com. That leads me to the next question of kind of how can leaders feel comfortable to be authentic and just share that emotion like how you just did and just yeah. be okay to just be raw or, or, or feel like crying or whatever it is. How, do they, how, do, how will they be able to do that? Yeah, that's a, such a good question, you know. And so, Lynn, I'm all about 
um, the inner transformation in here, right? Because to say to you on a podcast that when I'm feeling down, you know, it's about bringing in God's grace is, is not, it's not a normal thing that I would be saying in a, in a leadership post, right? But it's something that's important to me. And so the inner work that leaders need to do because there's so many leaders and, you know, myself included, we go through periods of feeling like an imposter, that we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough, that we've got to get things right all the time. And the only way to change that is to work on our, our inner game, right, transforming our inner meaning-making. Like, where is the evidence that you're not smart enough? Where is the evidence that you're not good enough? Where is the evidence that you're not lovable? You know, where is the hard evidence? It's not there. But so many people try to change the outer world or try and get people to change around them Whereas the real work begins, you know, in here. And as actually, as I put my hand to my heart here, a lot of the work that I do with leaders is about connecting the head and the heart. Mm. Yeah. We yeah. spend too much time up here and, and we forget we're human. Yeah. yeah. And when you get to live from the place of the heart, it just feels right, feel fulfilled. It's just, yeah, I, I, I finally discovered it, you know, like it's been a 10 years of, of self-discovery, I would say. And then every time you discover, you still realize you still have more to discover, but it's definitely yeah. a really fun journey. And, you know, I love that. Thank you for using that words discover because this kind of curiosity and expansion and journey about using the word discover yeah, that feels really joyful. <laughs> Great. Well, before I go into my uh, next few questions, I want to break it up with this segment called the high five. So I'm going to ask you five questions, choose this or that answer and just elaborate so we get to know May a little bit. Okay. All right. Number one, if you could choose to be in your 20s or your 30s again, which one would you choose? 30s. Totally. In my 30s. Elaborate. Oh, so in my 30s is when I started discovering my purpose, right? And my purpose is what guides me in life. So I totally loved my 30s. Yeah, I agree. I actually don't want to be the younger, silly self. I felt like I had no idea what the hell I was doing. All right, number two, strawberries or mangoes? Oh, <laughs> mangoes with chilli salt. Ah, the sour one, like the, the Asian style or the sweet with salt? Sweet. Sweet mango, oh. but with a sprinkling of chili salt. Oh. No, I usually eat it with a sour, like the mango that is sour. We dip it oh. with stuff. But when it's sweet, it's just sweet. Oh, interesting. I haven't yeah. tried that. I might yeah. try that next time. Yeah. All right. Number three, knowledge or wisdom? Oh, wisdom. All right, because wisdom is knowledge in action. So knowledge by itself, right, where wisdom is the embodiment of that knowledge. Yeah, Love totally that. <laughs> Love that. All right, number four, Bill Gates or Oprah? I do have a soft spot for Oprah. I think it's because she's guided to live her life, making a difference. And she's just such a beautiful spiritual being. So there's that resonance yeah. Yeah, from a very little. That's kind of my idol for authenticity. She's so real. Like I haven't met yeah. her, but I'm a, yeah. <laughs> from what I see, she's really real. Finally, do you prefer Mondays or Fridays? Oh, actually, I really, I, 
I love Thursdays for some reason, but I think Mondays. I love the kind of energy of the start of a new week and what's possible. Yeah, so I'm going to say Monday. Love it. You can just tell you're that ambitious hustler. You know? <laughs> Thank you so much. We got to know May there. Well, the next question I want to ask around yeah, on the business side is what makes a great culture and what makes a bad culture? Like, you know, sometimes pe- uh, people might even be in denial that, oh, you know, our company's going well, but they have, but things aren't well because you can just tell that the culture's not right. Not right. So this is a really interesting question. And I don't think there's a simple answer, but I'm, I'm just going to offer something up. Where I see people feeling really disengaged is when their personal values are not in alignment with the organisation's values. Mm. Right? And so I think that, and I'm not talking about the written values that are on the nice poster, I'm talking about the values that are expressed, like the lived values of how we do things around here. And so I think there's this really important piece around aligning the organisation's values to your values. So I know that many leaders who transition from one job to the next and they come to me for advice, the first thing I ask them is, In your role, is there a values alignment? And more often than not, when there's clashes, it's because there's a misalignment of values, right? So you know having a value, such a values-led organisation, that people are more engaged, bring more of themselves, have more joy and will give more discretionary effort when they're living their values. Mm. So I think... That, that culture piece is not an easy answer at all. But the thing I would offer up is spend some time getting teams to create a shared vision and alignment of their values, the team values and the organisation's values. And I think the other thing I'll say as well is also clarity of role, right? So, So organisations exist for a purpose, whatever that purpose is, and you're hired to do a particular role. Where we get so many issues in culture is when people do not have clarity about what is their role and, you know, where the boundaries are, where is someone else's role. Yeah, so having those two things, values and clarity of roles, would be the tipping point of the first not even the first discussion, a discussion in a very complex question. Love it. Well, yeah, you definitely just know so much about the whole, yeah, company leadership and stuff. How do people get in contact with you? Because, yeah, I think it's just easier to be working with you one-on-one, right? Because it's like everyone's problem and organisation will be so different. And, yeah, I think that's where they could get help from you directly. Yeah, where would they be able to connect with you? So LinkedIn is a great one. I mean, you and I have um, commented each other on a, a lot of each other's posts. So LinkedIn or, you know, people, all my contact details are on LinkedIn. So I love to hear from you people. I'm always happy to have a conversation for people to find out where they're at. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Okay, I have two last questions for you. One is, what does a kind boss mean to you? It was interesting because I was coaching this morning an executive who shared this story around one of his team members who wasn't being accountable. 
right? So who'd missed a lot of deadlines, wasn't pulling their weight and things going on. And I think for me, a kind boss is someone who takes time to understand what's going on for that person. Like why might their performance be dropping? And at the same time, still be able to have that difficult conversation in calling that person to account, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of almost you can have a ruthlessly compassionate conversation where you can be supportive and challenging at the same time. I don't believe that kindness is being overly nice all of the time or overly accommodating. I think being kind encompasses being truthful based on the role. Like, what are you hired to do? What are your capabilities? Are you meeting them? How can we support you? And at the same time, I want to challenge you to be your best. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. No, that is amazing. That's exactly how I would see it as well. I think kindness is not about weakness and being non-confrontation isn't always the answer because sometimes, you know, leaders think, oh, well, you know, just let things slide because they think well, it's just easier that way, but it just doesn't solve the problem or it's going to repeat. So, yeah. Love and that. I think in having those conversations, there's a lot of skills that leaders don't have. So they not necessarily have the skills in pre-framing the conversation. Like, you know, if it's difficult feedback, it's like, you know, this is not about you personally. This is about your behaviours or the outputs, mm-hmm. right? Separate the behaviour from the person being really present, like when you have to have a difficult conversation, can I hold the outcome in mind and still come from the heart? Right? Mm, yeah. Can I recognise when I'm feeling pissed off and not have the conversation when I'm at the height of feeling possible, like decompress and then have the conversation? So there's so many different elements that can help a leader have those types of conversation yeah yeah you just really highlight a great point there it's not like you can still do it it's just how you're doing it can deliver the result you want or not awesome they definitely need to talk to you because you're going to give them the right kind of language right because sometimes you could mean well your intentions are different to how you delivered the message and it can get you know detrimental yeah all right last question what do you want the world to remember may for that's deep (laughs) So, gosh, that's so deep, Lynn. (laughs) So what's coming up for me is one of the things I'd love the world to remember me for or know me for is that by who you're being, that you can help change how someone feels, change someone's perspective by just your very energy without having to speak a word, right? So it's just, for me, it's that embodiment of like true presence, but the presence that has that frequency of unconditional love um, and joy. And that would be something that's a lifelong journey for me. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be known for that, but, you know, there's a long, long way. Yeah. 
you're definitely on the right journey and you know i can just tell your level of spirituality is like up there because <laughs> you're talking about embodiment and talking about energy and frequency i hope our audience know what you're talking about but i do <laughs> i totally get you but thank you so much for being on the show you really have inspired me and i learned a lot i thought i knew i think i i kind of know culture but just i do but the way you explained it is just uh, very wise <laughs> very knowledgeable thank you so much Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining our podcast today. We hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show. If you have any questions, please visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Until then, stay kind and spread love.